Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hello there. Welcome back. This is Isaiah chapter 52. One, awake, awake, put on thy strength. Joseph Smith said that Isaiah had reference to those whom God should call in, in the last days, who should hold the power of priesthood to bring again Zion and redemption of Israel. And to put on her strength is to put on the authority of the priesthood, which she, Zion, has a right to by lineage, also to return to that power which she had lost. That was in Doctrine and Covenants, section 113. O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments. O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth, there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. What he's saying here is take off the garments of slavery and put on royal garments, even garments of the temple. One way she puts on beautiful garments is by living the law of consecration. Garments are also priesthood power restored in the last days. Verse 2, shake thyself from the dust. In other words, remove sin from your life. Arise and sit down. Arise from the dust and sit down in dignity, being redeemed at last. No longer sit in the dust as a slave, but sit on your royal throne. O Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Joseph Smith wrote, The scattered remnants are exhorted to return to the Lord from whence they are fallen. If they do, the promise of the Lord is that he will speak, speak to them or give them revelation. Bands of her neck are the curses of God upon her or the remnants of Israel in their scattered condition among the Gentiles. Verses 3 through 12 is the deliverance of captive Israel. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye have, and ye shall be redeemed without money. Talking about the atonement of Christ. For thus saith the Lord God, Jehovah, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now, therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? Satan took Israel captive and gave them nothing in return, as he continues to do with people of the covenant in our own day. They that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemed. Uh, the, the story or the incident there he's talking about with the Assyrians is that when Israel came out of Egypt, uh, the Assyrians were sort of laying wait in ambush, and they attacked them from the rear, um, killing a lot of the weakest or the oldest or the youngest of the Israelites, they, they were um, taking advantage of the weakest part of their, of their army. Anyway, that's what he's talking about there. Verse 6, Therefore my people shall know my name, yea, in that day they shall know that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. And then shall they say, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings unto them, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings unto them of good, that publisheth salvation that saith unto, thy, unto Zion, thy God reigneth. The Hebrew ma, manawu, in other words, in the, regarding the word beautiful here, from this phrase, the prophet Joseph Smith derived the name Nauvoo, which he, he interpreted as rest, place of rest or beauty. Jesus Christ and everyone who preaches the gospel is, are those that uh, <clears throat> have beautiful feet as they preach the gospel. So if you want to be beautiful, preach the gospel, right? <clears throat> Remember, this is the, uh, the question that... Uh, those that opposed Abinadi were asking is, you know, aren't you supposed to be bringing us good tidings? And so then Abinadi quotes from this. 
Verse 8, thy watchmen, or leaders in the church, missionaries, shall lift up the voice. With the voice together shall they sing. They shall sing the new song. Maybe that's the song listed in Doctrine and Covenants, section 84. The Lord hath brought again Zion. The Lord hath redeemed his people Israel, according to the election of grace, which was brought to pass by the faith and covenant of their fathers. The Lord hath redeemed his people, and Satan is bound, and time is no longer. The Lord hath gathered all things in one. The Lord hath brought down Zion from above. The Lord hath brought up Zion from beneath. The earth hath travailed and brought forth her strength, and truth is established in her bowels. And the heavens have smiled upon her, and she is clothed with the glory of her God, for he stands in the midst of his people. Glory and honor and power and might be ascribed to our God, for he is full of mercy, justice, grace, and truth and peace forever and ever. Amen. They shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. The Hebrew says, returns to Zion or restores Zion. In Third Nephi, it says, Then will the Father gather them together again and give unto them Jerusalem for the land of their inheritance. The city of Enoch will return to the earth. Verse 9, Break forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places, or ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord hath comforted his people, he hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. The Savior quoted these three verses in Third Nephi and said that the Nephites and Lamanites would be given the land of America for their inheritance. Verily, verily, I say unto you, thus hath the Father commanded me that I should give unto you this people, this land for their inheritance. Also Abinadi interpreted verses 7 to 10 to the wicked priests of King Noah in Mosiah chapter 12. It came to pass that one of them said unto him, What meaneth the words which are written and which have been taught by our fathers, saying, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. And then in verse uh, chapter 15 of Mosiah, Abinadi answers their question. Ye, ye, yea, and are not the prophets, every one that has opened his mouth to prophesy that has not fallen into transgression. I mean, all the holy prophets ever since the world began, I say unto you that they are the, his seed. And these are they who have published peace, who have brought good tidings of good, who have published salvation and said unto Zion, thy God reigneth. And oh, how beautiful upon the mountains were, were their feet. And again, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those that are still publishing peace. And again, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who shall hereafter publish peace. Yea, from this time henceforth and forever. That's us, isn't it? And behold, I say unto you, this is not all. For oh, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that is the founder of peace. Yea, even the Lord who has redeemed his people. Yea, him who has granted salvation unto his people. And that's Verse 11, depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence, touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her, be ye clean, that bear the vessels of the Lord. In other words, be worthy. The place we are to depart from is Babylon, or the midst of wickedness, which is spiritual Babylon. John says in his revelation, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plague. We, as the Lord's covenant people, must not touch or be involved with idols or any other things of Satan. Verse 12, For ye shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rearward, or rear guard. Those who leave Babylon will do so in peace and safety. In the Hebrew, it is clear that Jehovah will lead them, and the Father will come behind. Verses 11, uh, 13 to 15, The Suffering of the Servant, is another servant song. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. 
Lord had made it clear that this had reference to a servant involved in a great and marvelous work of the Father in the latter days. The Book of Mormon verse undoubtedly refers to Joseph Smith in the Restoration. That's in Third uh, Nephi 21. And that says, For in that day, for my sake, shall the Father work a work which shall be a great and a marvelous work among them, and there shall be among them those who will not believe it, although a man shall declare it unto them. Behold, the life of my servant shall be in my hand, therefore they shall not hurt him, although he shall be marred because of them. That sounds like the uh, manuscript of Mormon. Yet I will heal him, for I will show unto them that my wisdom is greater than the cunning of the devil. Therefore it shall, not, it shall come to pass, that whosoever will not believe in my words, who am Jesus Christ, which the Father shall cause him to bring forth unto the Gentiles, and shall give unto him power that he shall bring them forth unto the Gentiles, it shall be done, even as Moses said, they shall be cut off from among my people who are of the covenant. The Lord made it clear that this reference was a servant involved in the great marvelous work of the Father in the latter days. The Book of Mormon was verse undoubtedly refers to joseph smith in the restoration verse 14 as many were astonished or astonished at thee his visage or appearance was so marred more than any other man that and his form more than the sons of men christ's suffering during the atonement was beyond our comprehension so shall he gather many nations the kings shall shut their mouths at him for that which had not been told them shall they see and that which had not they had not heard they shall consider Powerful leaders will not be able to stop the Lord's work in the last days. These verses deal with the Savior, but the Savior spoke of these verses to the Nephites. In 3 Nephi it says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred. And verily I say unto you, I give unto you a sign that ye may know that the time when these things shall be about to take place, that I, will, that I shall gather in from their long dispersion my people, O house of Israel and shall establish again among them my Zion. And behold, this is the thing which I will give you for a sign. Verily I say unto you that when these things which I declare unto you, and which I shall de declare unto you hereafter of myself, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, which shall be given unto you of the Father, shall be made known unto the Gentiles, that they may know concerning this people who are a remnant of the house of Jacob, and concerning this my people who shall be scattered by them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, when these things shall be made known unto them of the Father, and shall come forth of the Father from them unto you, for it is wisdom in the Father that they should be established in this land, and be set up as a free people by the power of the Father. And these things might come, up, come forth from the, them unto a remnant of your seed, that the covenant of the Father may be fulfilled, which he hath covenanted with his people, O house of Israel. Therefore, when these works and the works which shall be wrought among you hereafter shall be shall come forth from the Gentiles unto your seed, which shall dwindle in unbelief because of iniquity, for thus it behooveth the Father that it should come forth from the Gentiles, that he may show forth his power unto the Gentiles, for this cause that the Gentiles, if they will not harden their hearts, that they may repent and come unto me and be baptized in my name and know of the true points of my doctrine, that they may be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. And when these things come to pass, that thy seed shall begin to know these things, it shall be a sign unto them that they may know that the work of the Father hath already commenced unto the fulfilling of the covenant which he hath made unto the people who are of the house of Israel. When that day shall come, it shall come to pass that kings shall shut their mouths, for that which had not been told them they shall see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. For in that day, for my sake, shall the Father work a work which shall be great, and a marvelous work among them, and, they, and there shall be among them those who will not believe it, although a man shall declare it unto them. But behold, the life of my servant shall be in my hand, therefore they shall not hurt him, although he shall be marred because of them. 
Yet I will heal him, for I will show unto them my wisdom is greater. This prophecy seems to refer to the prophet Joseph. It may also be a prophet or prophet yet to come who will be a type of Christ. So that's the end of the chapter. And you can see that the uh, when the Book of Mormon is to come forth, that's when that's the sign that the restoration has occurred and that the gathering of Israel has begun. So that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.